So what's up, Doc Detroit? Day Day down here in Dayton. Another week has gone by. So how you been, man? You had a good week? Been good, yeah. It's it's Fourth of we, July week. You should do a little samurai sorting today? Trained at the dojo this morning. Went through, uh, uh, let's see, 24 katas we practiced. Okay. After, um, let me see, I began this in September of 2015. So that means uh, I've been doing it for yeah, about seven and a half years. I'm at the uh, third black belt rank. And All right. I'm expecting pretty much to know, uh, you know, considerable amount and uh, actually to be able to perform it well, too. So, uh, yeah, we went through... About four different sets of katas. Uh, one of them has 11 katas in it. That's the biggest set. And one has only three. So uh, uh, it was a good workout. I can feel it in my legs. It's a very good workout for the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember the name of the kata. I don't know exactly what the kata is. And also... Uh, not just uh, the motions of the kata, but the hypothetical situation that you're in. There's an enemy who's attacking you, perhaps. Uh, mm. In fact, most often that's what it is. Although there's some katas where you're, uh, you know, strolling down the alley in the medieval Japanese castle or through a village street and in the village outside the castle and you perhaps uh, see uh, another samurai who you're sworn to kill so without any sound or uh, giving him any indication you wait until the two of you are passing and then swiftly and suddenly dispatch him (laughs) <laughs> why are we laughing about that uh, sometimes there were people other samurai that just needed to be taken care of this is true looks like things haven't changed in our world so how's the air up there i uh, i see online from a from some family up in uh up in the motor city that's still a little thick am i correct We've got some blue sky. We had, uh, you know, overcast, uh, overcast from those wildfires in Canada, but yeah. that seems to have mostly cleared. It's Good. actually a gorgeous summer day here in Detroit. It's uh, very temperate, um, mild. The humidity is not up as it so frequently is in Michigan. Sounds like we're having the and same the kind of day. Not up. Uh, that's yeah. fantastic same kind of day it's uh yeah, like 80s it's like from low 80s or high 70s it's very comfortable outside uh the, the smoke is gone for the moment okay it's probably a little warmer down here usually we're like three you know three or four degrees warmer and then uh you know i always figure like a degree sure. per hundred miles or something like that but uh yeah not a whole lot going what's that How's the what growing? How's the mushroom growing? The mushrooms are growing well. Mushrooms, the Uh, Yeah, last week we harvested 700 pounds of mushrooms. um, And 
uh, we are looking to do more as we go along here and uh, increase our share of the mushroom market in the Midwest. The Midwest Mushroom hey. Mafia. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. The Mafia. Somebody told me about a movie I missed. Or, I'm thinking it's the title. Well, somehow uh, it just didn't get me back in the day, but it was the Cohen bro. 1990 Miller's Crossing. So I never saw that. Now that I just, was there mushroom yeah, farming uh, in, that, in it? Not mushroom farming, but mafia. Okay, well, uh, like the Sicilian and the Irish mafia gangs are are uh, supposedly a retelling of a Dashiell Hamnet, uh, who of course was the master of the uh, noir gangster story. So when I got and, into uh, the Cohen uh, Brothers, okay, I'm sorry. Well, the Coen brothers being the geniuses they are and all the great movies they've done, uh, I thought, uh, and I heard about it at the dojo today. And it's okay. I'm I know a guy. On Miller's Crossing. Okay. On the list, yeah, I know a guy here in Dayton. I've uh, been uh, been to a few parties with him, like, like an acquaintance, but not like, you know, he's not a friend or anything, um, who does storyboards for the Coen brothers. Cool. So like all the movies, he, you know, yeah, you know, you've ever seen a storyboard, basically an explanation on paper of what like a film is going to be. Um, and yeah, that's the uh, the Cohen brothers' connection to Dayton. And um, yeah, it's been a uh, been a weird week for sure. Um, coming out of all the uh, the smoke inhalation of two weeks ago, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that air quality bad and dangerous. Yeah. And I guess now down in the Southwest, they're having uh, a heat wave like none they have ever seen in uh, history. And the last four days have been the hottest four days in world history. Uh, Not here. We kind of lucked out of it. But um, just in general, I mean, it was hot, but it wasn't like, oh my God, we're all going to uh, to melt hot. It was it was bearable, I guess you should say. Um, Dropped out for a second there. No, well, I was so just saying the uh, yeah the weather here. Yeah, we had the hottest four days I think in record last week in the history of the planet. Uh, yes, I'm ready to uh, go full loincloth and um, just kind of live in nature. <laughs> Uh, with a couple feathers in my head and I'm kind of thinking we all need to kind of do that but I don't see a uh, an off ramp (laughs) in American society where we're like hey let's kind of go back to the native way Uh, because that's what you know if we we really were serious about uh, all the problems we're having with our climate Let's go back to loincloths and uh, everyone works from home, you know, just like uh, during COVID. That was that was kind of the one of the amazing things about COVID was like, remember that first month when like everyone was like going nowhere and like the only people out were like animals started coming back into the heart of cities. And they said in India, they could see the mountains again. Yes. The pollution 
like uh, went away or at least temporarily um, in many cities, like this, the levels of pollution. And uh, I'm kind of thinking that seems to be like the only way out <laughs> of... The uh, problem is we've got, uh, you know, such a large world population that... Uh, uh, and we've created such an unsustainable lifestyle. Um, yeah, you'd have to uh, give up being part of the middle class if you went back to nature. Hunter-gatherer. People who <laughs> want to live off the grid, I don't think they realize just how much physical labor living off the grid entails. Oh, and, no. Uh, <laughs> I have no also, idea. Uh, you know, not that I've lived off the grid. Hurt while you're chopping your firewood. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it seems like uh, like the only thing to, uh, at least from a scientific standpoint, to mitigate the damage we've already been done is basically like, well, I'll just stay and chill and like start riding ponies instead of Kias. Uh, Plus, it would be a lot more entertaining, like the Kia Pony Boys. You know, the, <laughs> we got the Kia Boys who steal all the Kias. Um, yes, they do uh, TikTok challenge videos. Can I steal thirty Kias in a night using nothing <laughs> but a a cord from a cell phone? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The it would be the Pony Challenge. Can I steal 30 ponies? <laughs> and, and I think stealing 30 ponies would probably be, be a lot more difficult than stealing 30 Kias. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the ponies wouldn't always be agreeable, I'm sure. And so you got to make know, noise. Yeah. You got to deal with that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know the answer, man. Uh, I mean, I do know the answer, but I just know that. Uh, modern industrialized society is uh on a one track pat one you know one track mine uh and cannot see the forest through the trees you know well they just came up with a uh a, a robotic farming machine and i thought <laughs> yeah that's great except for you haven't answered like the problems of you know, the algae blooms in Lake Erie from all the runoff, from all the fertilizer you dump on the fields to get the kind of yields that you need in order to pay for your, you know, $400 million robotic yeah, farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the answer really is uh, as far as farming, like, there's a lot of different answers in different sectors, but farming, in order for it, it is one of the biggest polluters on the planet, our agricultural sure. system. Um, and not only from like just, uh, you know, fossil fuels, but they're, like you said, dumping. There, it, a lot of times it's not even dumped, it just runs off the land. Um, there you go. Yeah, because uh, the creek that runs down into the river that runs into Lake Erie that causes a gigantic toxic algae bloom every year. All the fish every year. Yeah. yeah. Now they got that what uh, the sargasso or sargassum seaweed is uh, 
in just giant shoals of it, the Atlantic Ocean, uh, um, again, caused by fertilizer runoff. Yeah, and now what they're doing to the fields here are, are are you familiar with tiling? Tiling of the fields. Yeah, it's basically uh, it's a way to keep water from setting in the fields and getting it off quicker. Unfortunately, what it does is uh, gets it off quicker into the uh, lakes and streams (laughs) and creeks and uh, yeah, causes the same kind of problem. Yeah, we got a lot of problems out here just in like regular creeks, rivers with algae blooms during the summer or just a lot greener water than... uh, you would normally expect, you know, um, in a normal place. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the the an- the only answer I see to industrialized farming, and like you said, all this shit's going to be a lot harder work than most people are uh, used to. And uh, well, that's just like the way it is. Um, is to have lots and lots and lots and lots of small family farms. Um, who can work work with each other uh, to help each other? Uh, it'd be a lot less pollution because when you you know when you work at that scale, there's no other really way to do it. And now that they've been they've been dumping stuff on the soil for decades and decades and decades, uh, one of the problems with farm soil is that it's completely lost its fungal microbe balance and the microbes are highly dominant um which makes it for makes for shitty soil um they're very unhealthy if you go to see a lot of i remember when i was a kid driving through like you know southwest ohio around here we go into the you know we we take a trip to visit like relatives in indiana or something the soil was black everywhere like Every farm soil was black. And if you go to a lot of these farms now, the soil, you pick it up, it looks like sand. It's like gray. And it's basically just, you know, zero nutrient soil. Um, So one of the things that we are doing, we're working with some people around here to uh, take mushroom waste and um, reinvigorate the soil. Because it adds a lot of those. You use mushroom waste as a soil amendment, then? Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yes. Actually, it's pretty amazing. We produce almost two tons of of waste product. It's just sawdust and soybean hulls. Um, But after about a year, that stuff just sitting in a pile, not doing nothing to it, it is just like the blackest richest soil because fungus of course is the na- nature's greatest uh, decomposer and um, well it's decomposed and it's back to uh, yeah it's just the most gorgeous I'm, I'm growing tomatoes in it this summer and it's just uh, they're going insane like <laughs> nothing I've ever seen it's just like so much nutrient so yeah um, but you know you know another thing I'd like to see happen if uh I mean, obviously, we can't go back to loincloths. We could, but I don't think there's the uh, the will. The majority of the population would probably have to die off because we wouldn't be able to feed them or distribute the food. 
Nor would they be able to feed themselves. Um, yeah, Americans in particular aren't going back to their hardy pioneer forebearers way of life. Well, much work. When I was little, we used to go to my aunt, uh, my aunt's house. She lived in Ber- Berea, Kentucky, and we would get out the old family albums, right? And they had these photographs going back to about when the the camera was invented. And I was what? like, I was like, uh, Aunt Bertie, uh, why did this, how come no one smiled back then? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you look in modern photos, it's like, cheese. Uh, but like nobody was smiling in any of the photos. It was just like, and she just said, because life was terrible back then. <laughs> <laughs> they died of diseases and had to work 14 hours a day to stay alive <laughs> so there wasn't nothing to be happy about accidents around the farm farm accidents cool, uh, so that, <laughs> excuse me yep, I had to sneeze um, that is cool though what you're talking about using uh, mushroom waste as a soil amendment to restore the microbe fungal balance. I got to uh, talk to Kathleen, who is a master gardener here in Michigan and who has created a, uh, a Eden-like oasis in our backyard. Oh, man. And my part of it is mostly uh, maintaining the uh, minnow pond with the frogs and the lilies. But... Um, She's always interested in, in uh, you know, techniques. And another a soil amendment is, uh, I forget exactly what it's called now, but they supposedly like you burn wood in a vacuum and that resulting charcoal, if you mix that with the soil, it's uh, uh, permanently alters the soil for the better. Okay, so one thing I've uh, been keeping up on. So after there are big forest fires, we talked about the uh, forest fires up in Canada this week and a little bit this week. Um, morel mushrooms, like after everything's burnt and cooled down, they'll they will have just a complete orgy of morel mushrooms breaking out once the temperature and the humidity get to the you know it's 60 you know 70 degrees and right after a rain um flourish huh what's that oh yeah i mean just like morels everywhere it's like a morel wonderland uh i guess after i think it was mount st helens or some of the fires uh out west yeah. Um, that's been one of the California, I would bet. Yeah, that's been kind of like one of the uh, blessings in disguise, I guess. Um, is like morels appearing like after a forest fire, and I bet if there's some intrepid people now, I bet they could uh, this fall or whenever the like I said, it's basically when the environmental conditions. All right. It doesn't really matter when or what season, but usually it's in the spring or summer. Um, but yeah, I bet there's going to be like a morel mushroom just extravaganza in in Canada uh, once it cools down and those right temps and humidity come back. The morels will be everywhere. 
Don't, uh, don't a lot of wildlife uh, eat the morels? Deer, for instance? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, lots of... Uh, and that's why, you know, you got as soon as those morel hunters, as soon as they see that the soil is the right... Basically, they go by, like, okay, is the soil... I forget what the temperature is, like 65, 70, I'm not sure. But when the soil's at this right temp, and they're out. They're out, out looking for morels. So I don't, I'm not very good at identifying what type of mushroom is what, but I do have a lot of fun just simply noticing as I walk my dog up and down Red Leaf Lane, the mushrooms that pop up here and there mm-hmm. and seeing them uh, grow. And uh, uh, I've been seeing them recently. There's, there's a lot of them in a lot of different yards. We've got them in our yard after... Uh, we had kind of a drought here for a little while, and that mm-hmm. broke a couple of weeks ago, and we got a ton of rain. And here and they come. A lot of little mushrooms sprouting in our backyard. Yeah, we get a lot of ink caps. They, like, turn black after, like, three or four days. That's why they call them ink caps. Sure, then I've been seeing ink caps, yeah. Yeah, they're really common. Um, turkey tail mushroom is a, uh, a really common mushroom you see on, like, old logs and stuff. Um, I got has, turkey tail. It must be what I'm seeing. There's a uh, tree that we cut down next to the little uh, minnow pond. And mm-hmm. uh, we left the stump there is, uh, you know, probably four feet high. And at the base of it uh, must be must be turkey tail. Uh, yeah. If you go on YouTube, really you can look well up... Yeah, look up identifying turkey tail. They do have some like uh, turkey tail lookalikes, but the real turkey tail they have like thousands of pores on the underside, like these little tiny holes where the turkey tail drop their spores from. Okay. Um, but yeah, they really have a great medicinal use. They, uh, my wife experienced chronic pain from a surgery um about two years ago she started doing turkey tail three years ago and it like changed her life like just the uh uh, lack of inflammation that she doesn't have anymore and just she feels so uh, much better tan and uh almost round kind of irregular Mm -hmm. maybe about as big as a half dollar Mm -hmm. brownish center you're seeing like if i broke a piece of this off it should have a lot of pores underneath like on the bottom of them they'll have like uh very pronounced tiny like tiny holes all through the bottom of it and that's really the way you you can tell the turkey tail they'll be like a little more ready to pick towards the uh, late summer and fall okay like these a, are growing really well here there's a big mass of them at the base of this old stump okay and in fact it seems like there was mushrooms growing out of the side of the stump before oh stumps are great for mushrooms yeah um so yeah there's a lot of work being done there's a lot i would like to see a lot more work being done because we're in uh you know how uh, industry and government and all that kind of stuff works they're they're kind of slow on the uptake <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Especially if there's money involved. It's like, why stop this to do something better that's cheaper when we can do this worse thing that's a lot more expensive? Um, Which is generally the logic we we go by, like, uh, with most of the stuff we do in this country. Um, But, yeah, mushrooms can, they're great medicine uh, for all kinds of different things. 
Um, they are fantastic food. I, I would probably call them the super food of the planet. Um, they've got so much nutrition, so much protein. They are an environmental healer. They do it naturally with, <clears throat> I mean, they, they, they break down everything. You know, every piece of life that was will be eaten by a fungus. Uh, <laughs> You know, they'll be our finer, final keepers. <laughs> the uh, uh, turkey tail, now you've got me interested. I know Kathy has uh, a lot of issues with inflammation. Oh, they're great for inflammation. Let's see about some uh, turkey tail therapy for inflammation. Now I've got aches and pains that uh, I wouldn't mind seeing taken away. Yeah, who, who needs them? <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at the minnow pond here, which is next to where I, I walked out to check the uh, mushrooms growing on that stump. I see them. I got a lot of uh, green algae growing in this pond. Okay, I may have to uh, apply some algaecide. But the do minnows. Do ever eat that? Do we eat it? Do the fish. Oh, the fish, I believe they do eat some of it, sure. There's probably not enough fish to really control uh, the uh, amount of uh, algae that's grown in here. Um, the fish are uh, kind of uh, red-colored minnow, and they've done very well this year. Um, some of them survived over the winter, a half a dozen of them. And then I think I bought uh, 20 of them for $2. They weren't very big, mm -hmm. uh, but they've been getting big over the course of the summer. And uh, there's a couple, I still got some tadpoles and I have spotted on occasion recently that uh, at least one of the tadpoles is a frog now. He's in here somewhere. He's uh, pretty shy. So do you, uh... I know you work in IT, so uh, you obviously get on the internet occasionally. Um, so do you, uh, have you ever heard of this guy? I'm, I think he may be down by us. Uh, I'm not sure. The e the eel basement man on the internet? Mm, is he keeping eels in his basement? Yeah, dude made like a giant uh, aquarium at, like it's about, I don't know, I guess like a foot or two deep deep in water it's not like you know super deep uh you know lined he had like an unfinished basement and then he like i don't know what he did he lined it and made it so it could hold water um and he's got like this eel uh wonderland uh i know he's on tiktok he does uh tiktok videos from his eel basement and it's the coolest damn thing i think i've ever seen uh and i want to have eels in my basement too <laughs> Because <laughs> the eels are oh, yeah. chill, pretty chill. I think um, <clears throat> Kathy probably doesn't like eels. I think just their form sort of uh, disgusts her. But uh, <laughs> I'm flick the uh, the eel in the basement video on her after we get off this call. If I can find it, it doesn't sound like it'll be hard to find. Yeah, it's a YouTube. yeah, it's a lot of people who are going to talk like the eel dude. Uh, yeah, it's definitely like I wouldn't put an eel basement in just because it looked like a tremendous amount of hard work to 
<laughs> get a basement to hold like God, a foot. Really? All you need is a garden hose in a basement. <laughs> but you gotta be able to hold the water in somehow. You know? Oh right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? First so you'd have just... to spill it. Then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, all that stuff to make it possible. That's not really what I'm interested in. I'm like a I'm like the normal American. I'm interested in the final result, not what went into it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some small some kind of snails living in the water here. Oh, cool. Three or four of them. Fancy. Yeah, so that's, and you know what else I have that I really like is uh, there's blue tail flies who breed in this pond. Okay. And, uh, I haven't seen them this year, but I have seen the nymphs in the water. And I think sometimes they predate on some of the smaller minnows. And uh, I see the blue tail flies mating over the pond later in the summer so i believe you know their eggs fall in the water after they're fertilized and then like i say i've seen the nymphs and uh i think in the spring i actually saw one crawling out of the water and uh spreading its wings for the first time uh, mm -hmm. we've also had you know full-on dragonflies at times i don't know if they're uh we got a bunch of lizards at the farm okay so we have this parking lot area like where people load stuff in yeah and it's and it's hot as shit like it's got to be the hottest place in the city <laughs> um because it's just asphalt and you know building um and we've been noticing these uh little lizards i don't know maybe about three inches long they look like kind of like sal that's the size of a salamander um and i've one thing i've noticed this summer is like wow i don't notice nearly as many bugs outside as i did last summer <laughs> mm. we, got our, we got our lizard friends i think taking care of business animals maybe uh i'm not sure but, a lizard uh, that you see commonly in florida they can kind of uh distend their throat their dewlap and they're mostly like green Okay, they, they have like a big long tongue type thing. Like yeah, they their throat, kind of like a frog. Yes. Okay. And they and uh, I think it's part of their uh, mating ritual is they uh, stick their dewlap out and it'll be like reddish colored, and uh, they'll sort of bob their head. Uh, at least those are the ones that you commonly see in Florida. Um, if you try to catch them, you might. Uh, cause their tail to break off, which they leave their tail behind and escape to live another day. Okay. I don't know if it's getting warm enough in Ohio that the, the lizards that were formerly from a little further south are up there now, or? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but I'm not exactly sure if, if it's that either. Um, I'm sure we have lizards up here. <laughs> I just wasn't really that aware of them. Reptiles and lizards. Yeah. Uh, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, you go to Florida, you stay at any hotel, you're going to see lizards on the wall um, outside. And, you know, just exactly. there's freaking lizards all over the place. It's just the way it is. They don't bother you. Um, but yeah, here's I, that's a, the first time I think I remember seeing. They may, you know, they may be more, you know, more common than I realize. Um, but uh, but we are getting mm -hmm. things from down south that will survive up here. 
uh, already, so it makes sense. Keeps getting warmer, you'll have the, uh, the Burmese pythons out of the Everglades. Oh, great. <laughs> I think right now the Burmese pythons in Florida are mostly confined to the Everglades because uh, they can't survive further north. But, you know, as it uh, continues to warm. We might start seeing them at the Amish uh, exotic animal auctions. There we go. It's up in uh, near Cleveland, I think, is where they have it. <laughs> well, you had all the fools who thought they had to have a Burmese python in Florida. Oh, dude, this guy, I know we talked about him last week. Um, the guy who's the uh, the animal catcher around here, mm-hmm. like, like beyond dog catcher. <laughs> animal control. Yeah, he worked. He was the guy who, like, who would go get, like, uh, a, a, a tiger from someone. Like, I think it's a good idea to have a tiger in my apartment. Cause, Drug dealer's apartment. Yeah, he fucking, the stories he tells in this movie just about, like, getting, like, uh, an alligator out of someone's double-wide trailer. <laughs> I love alligators in Detroit. There's apparently a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's a. I wonder why that, that that's a that's a psychological tick to want to have. A, I guess it's the same thing. Like, I want the, a big giant muscular pit bull or a cane corso. Like, mm-hmm. it's just another version of like, I got a fucking tiger. You you gonna play with me? <laughs> I don't think so. That's why I got a tiger. <laughs> He'll protect me. Yeah, there was a guy down in Zanesville, Ohio. Do you remember this a few years back where he had like he had like a mini tiger and lion zoo. Um, and he lived out in the country, had like a ranch and lost it all <clears throat> and uh, let them all loose and killed himself. And then like the... They the were loose and roaming the neighborhood. I do remember. Yeah, and they had like the police and state troopers had to like basically go on hunting mode and hunt them down and kill them all and put them down. Uh, That's Poor animals. Yeah, stop keeping exotic animals, everyone. If you're listening to this, don't do it. Back in, uh, where is it, Venezuela? I think a drug dealer uh, imported a bunch of hippos and now they're they're actually thriving down there and their numbers are proliferating and they're they're dangerous. Yeah, they're fast and they can just like chomp you. <laughs> like <laughs> real easy. Pumping, yeah. They're not like in Fantasia. No, I mean, if you were a hippo, you had to carry all that weight around. You know, <laughs> you're probably not going to be like super happy either. You know, uh, they like to stay in the river. Yeah, they got to stay cool and just like in the mud where they can chill because I bet like. You know, carrying a, a you know a couple of tons of weight around on your skeleton, <laughs> it's kind of stressful. That's a lot. We got three <laughs> minutes left. How are the tigers doing? Oh, the tigers are terrible. <laughs> well, the oh, reds are doing good. tremendous, from what I understand. All right. Good and did you, did you see the guy last night? What uh, happened? The guy, some guy from the Reds, stole the uh, stole second, third, and home all in the uh, 
on one thing. <laughs> Sounds like my nephew in uh, Atlanta. He is uh, a teenager and uh, apparently quite a base runner. Better, better base runner than anything else, although he's working on his other skills. But he's been known to steal all four bases because if the catcher drops the called third strike, you can steal first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he, he has, and he's a crowd favorite. But I'll have to yeah. look for the highlights. So that was a Cincinnati. Eli Dela Eli Cruz, I guess he's a uh, he's a rookie. He stole second, third, and home in the same inning, uh, and I think it was all on the same. Just one, two, three, um, yeah. and he stole home. Was basically like he had stole second and third, and then somebody was daydreaming, <laughs> and he stole home. But uh, I think the guy's like six feet seven, and he plays shortstop. Uh, he's batting 328 in uh, 28 games. Looks like a uh, a brand new instant superstar in the major league baseball world from the Cincinnati Reds. Um, which is good. I guess they, I guess they're in first place. So good you know. for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, yeah the Detroit Tigers aren't going to be in first place. The funny thing about the Tigers, they play in a division where they could end up in first place and be under 500. It's a, a freakish division. They, for a lot of the season, they've been in second place only a few games out and yet under 500. Well, you know, baseball, I never really, I'm not you know, a baseball fan. I don't hate baseball, but when I did pay attention to baseball, I never paid attention until after the, the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Because it's a it's a game more serious. Yeah, well, and it's a game of streaks. You know, you could be up, you know, ten games in first place, uh, you know, in June, and then you know, come August, September, you know, you could be middle of the pack or in last place. It's just a, uh, it's a it's a marathon, a baseball season. Yeah, they play. It's a long season. So we got less than a minute. So I guess it's time for us to. Uh, bid each other adieu I look forward to sitting down with you next week I always do man it's always good to talk to you I think I think we all need like a a bud to talk to every week maybe if I ever run for president that'll be on my uh, that'll be on my ticket everyone gets a buddy a little buddy